I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm so excited about this next conversation. Uh, Debbie and I have been spending a lot more time together here on the air, and it's such a joy. Uh, You're fun. You're a pro. You always bring great information. And uh, what did we talk about last time? We talked about... uh, uh, the Supreme Court nominee, something that got us worked mm-hmm. up, and it was a fun, it was a fun yeah, back and forth. I texted you later that night and said, "Thanks for having me on your show. I had a great time." Yeah, yeah. absolute blast. And Hopefully, you never texted me back. But, that's not, okay. I think I gave you the thumbs up. <laughs> Did, oh, now I'm self conscious. Uh, okay, so there have been some significant upticks in case counts down in Utah County, Huge. right? Um, and. It's caused some policy changes, of course. We know uh, Orange for Orem and Provo, countywide mask mandate now uh, enacted by the Department of Health and the county commission. And, well, getting back to that move to Orange, specifically in the city of Provo, uh, there was an exception made, and that was that sports teams could get together for practice and to compete, but but Mm -hmm. spectators not allowed in the crowds. This coming Friday, Provo homecoming. Right. And so the it, it appears that the high school principal, perhaps the athletic director as well, went venue shopping, and they found a venue in Spanish Fork, which is about a 12-minute drive to the south of Provo. They were going to hold the game there with Wasatch High, and then the Nebo School District caught wind of it, and they said, nah, no can do. It's kind of like, it, I, here's what kind of, it's like, look, the governor has said you can't have fans at the game. He never said the kids can't play. In fact, he said the kids can play. Right, right. Very helpful to yeah, social development so let the kids and memories. Ha- but sure. they wanted to have the the homecoming game. Um, have you read the, the listeners the letter that the principal sent out? Paragraph two reads, we are happy to announce that the venue for Friday's football game against Wasatch High School has been changed to Spanish Fork, where the same restriction, restrictions do not apply. He's almost... He's almost Makes it sound giddy, like he's found a location. Come on, everybody. I know what the governor said, but you know what? We're going to play anyway. The game must go on. Load up the family. Load up the van. Load up the coolers. Load up the COVID. And let's go to Spanish Fork. No, no, not, not the COVID. See, the COVID knows to stop at the at the municipal boundaries. So I, did a, I just ran a comparison. Provo yeah. has uh, 4,575 or has had 4,575 cases. Spanish Fork has had 986. Is Provo, that from like the dawn of this yeah. deal? So, so obviously Spanish. So why in the world would it be okay to load up the hotspot and take it? To Spanish Fork, which had 20 new cases uh, at the last count, 20 new cases, compared to Provo's 150 new cases. I have had so many mixed feelings since I first caught wind of this story and this effort uh, by uh, the principal uh, or whoever is responsible for this. And my initial reaction was very juvenile, and it was awesome. Nice. You guys figured it out. Way to find a workaround. And if I were like another stage, I've been going through some like some transitions in life lately where I am more or less responsible. When I was younger, far more reckless. Uh, you know, I got a little baby now, so I'm a little more responsible. But I remember the fun I had when I was reckless. 
<laughs> and so I hear a story like this, and I know if I'm if I'm you know one of the players or one of the potential spectators, I'm saying to myself, "This is awesome. This is so great. Wonderful. You think wonderful, it's creative." Wonderful. I, I absolutely. I think it's creative. Certainly, uh, not necessarily condoning it because that's when the you know the the more mature Lee Lonsberry kicks in, the one who's a father and one who's concerned about the spread of this deal. And I say, you know, as I sarcastically joked, that uh, the coronavirus is a respecter of municipal boundaries. Of course, it's not. Uh, of course, it's absolutely not. I think this is a way to circumvent the rules, and I don't think yeah. I, I I don't like the message it sends to the kids. Hey, you don't like the rules. You don't like what the governor says. I've got a plan. We're going to work around it. Uh, even though there's arguments to be had that, hey, other teams are playing and they're playing away games and, and they're able to play in, in the town right next door. But the governor said, you have too many cases in Provo. You have too many cases in Orange or in Orange. We've got to put you back to Orange just to see if we can get a handle on the spread of the virus in the community. He didn't say Oh, except for the homecoming game Friday right. night. Why don't you just take that 12 minutes south to Spanish Fork and we'll work things out there. And we hope you don't leave uh, behind uh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, and then there's there's a natural question. And that is, was this like such a reckless move? Well, first off, was it reckless? And then if so, if you believe it was, is it such a reckless move that it warrants some sort of discipline? Should everyone keep their jobs at the end of this day? Senator Todd Weiler called into the show because I wanted to know also about liability. What is the liability to the taxpayers? Let's say this event went on. Uh, it was against the public health order, which now is in place. And a lot of people showed up at this game. And this game became some sort of a super spreader event. I get it. It's a hypothetical, at least in this scenario. Sure. But I am curious because... I pay taxes, you pay taxes, we all pay pay taxes. And he said, well, based on legislation, based on government immunity, he doesn't think it would be uh, some sort of a liability to taxpayers where somebody could sue and win a large amount of money. Uh, But he also brought the point up about the discipline. He thought the bigger question was, what happens when a principal, in this case perhaps uh, others within the school, go rogue and decide, we're going to hold the game anyway? And he, uh, he brought up this question about disciplinary action. Look, I'm not the superintendent, um, but if I were the superintendent, let's just pretend, uh, that those individuals would be in my office immediately. Yeah. Because the superintendent reports up and up the chain of command, and, and this is all under the governor who has issued this order. Um, I think it sends the wrong message to kids if something isn't done and more of a statement isn't put out by the school district eventually about we won't. You know, this will never happen again. Um, if the governor said we've got to, you know, not have fans for the next three months, we won't have fans yeah. of the games. It's just how it is. It, it breaks my heart that I have to agree with you because I understand these pressures. I understand, like, this fear of missing out, right? The kids in the neighboring communities are having all this fun. And, uh, you know, th- this is a scenario in which a select group of these kids have to be excluded from all of that. And when, the Now, whoever the shot caller is here, whoever it was from Provo High School uh, who got uh, on the horn with the other school uh, and they worked out this agreement, th- those folks ought to be uh, spoken to. For this reason, uh, they are doing exactly what you've described by setting an example that may, that may be followed this very weekend. 
right? This this notion of traveling outside the municipal boundaries uh, may just have been planted in the minds of all these kids who are already worked up about missing out. And there may be parties that come as a result of this. There may be. Think about this: you drive uh, from Utah out to Nevada. There are some gas stations that are right on the border, like right on the border, and there are some rooms where you can walk from the Utah side of things across the border and play, you know, the the slot machine. And you can do some gambling where it's legal in Nevada. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there, uh, you know, there are some creative responses to this. Uh, <laughs> these kids have these cute parties where there's a line and it's, uh, okay, w- whatever you believe, you're on this side uh, and let's let our hair down on that side. Well, in this case, it wasn't a bunch of parents getting together, cutting down a field of corn and building a field of dreams for these kids to yeah. come out. This is actually public officials yeah. making this decision. And I wonder um, if they had that discussion before they hit send on the email inviting everybody to the game at 7 p.m. on Friday night. That's a huge question. So if if the school, if Nebo <laughs> School District is saying, uh, no, 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 that means they were never uh, dis- they were never talked to they ahead of time. They found out about it through the media maybe? Uh, yeah, who knows? But They're- before you hit send on oh, an yeah. email, let me just say this. It is 2020. The media finds out about everything. And that's basically what this came down to is that's how this got discovered and outed that this was going on. The media finds out about everything. I think perhaps moments after uh, that letter was sent out to parents, I had a copy of it. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Immediately. Yeah, instantly. It, it was sent to me right away because there are a large number of people who are very, very concerned about this spike. We now hit almost 1,200 cases today alone. Uh, they don't want to see it get worse. Yeah. And why would you take a game from Provo uh, where you're experiencing a COVID spike down to Spanish Fork and potentially leave COVID behind there? Yeah. And Nebo's been doing pretty well. Nebo's been one of the, the, the better performing schools in terms of case count and containing things and contact tracing. I, I've, I've been proud of their, their progress. The game will go on. My understanding is it will still happen. It will happen now at Provo High School. They'll just revert back to And that. fans, you are not welcome. Yeah. Uh, Debbie Janovic, thank you so much. Thanks, this is always Lee. fun. Let's find more opportunities for this. Anytime. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll live stream and watch the game together on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now. You have heard over the past uh, week or so uh, reference made to this family study, the study uh, executed by the Deseret News, Brigham Young University. It looks at all aspects of of family life. And well, in 2020, things are much different when it comes to how we are living our lives, uh, in particular with our family. So how has COVID-19 impacted your family? There are some survey results to let you know how the rest of America is doing. We're going to be joined by Deseret News reporter Erica Evans next to walk through the data. Then I'll have you weigh in yourself. We're open the phone lines later on here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.